Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burdens of motherhood. I'm Emily. I'm Beth, and we're your hosts. We hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms blog production. Episode 4, What the Heck is a Doula? Today, we have a new friend hanging out with us. It's Kate Wiggins of First Spring Doula. Hello, Kate. Hello. We're so happy that you're here with us today. Kate is actually not a new friend to us. She is an old friend. She was originally a writer with Fort Worth Moms and then transitioned into being our social media coordinator and was a big part in launching our neighbor groups project, which has been growing for over three years now. So we're very excited that she is here with us today. But we're not talking about all the things that you used to do with Fort Worth Moms. We're talking about kind of what's going on with you now your new business, First Spring Doula, and kind of the passions that have led you there. We're going to cut to the chase here and just get the main question out of the way. What the heck is a doula? A doula is misinterpreted as another word for a midwife, and that is certainly not what we are. A doula is a non-medical professional who offers emotional support, physical comforts, and informational support before, during, and immediately postpartum. We do a lot of things like massaging a laboring woman. We do positioning and just doing things that generally help labor progress to eventually birthing a baby. Can you tell us a little bit more about why would someone want to hire a doula? That's a really good question. Um, a doula is someone who's not emotionally invested in you and your life. So we're a more objective person in the birth room. And unlike the nurses and the obstetricians and midwives, we are able to be in the room with a laboring family the whole time. So we're not going in and out and checking on other patients. We are there with you from beginning to end, however long you need us to be there. So when things come up and birth plans change, we're able to be objective and give you that information instead of having someone who is very emotionally invested, like your partner or your spouse or your mom, who just wants to make you feel better and make the pain go away and really just fix the problem. We're more there to support and we're not going to get frazzled when things start changing. We can give you clear direction and guidance as things change. So that's probably the biggest reason to have a doula is to really keep the room calm where your husband or your partner is more emotionally invested, so it's easier for them to kind of join you in the chaos. This makes me want a doula for, like, my entire life. Is that possible? Do you do that? I so wish that was a thing. Is there such a thing as, like, a complete motherhood doula from start to finish? Because I would pay for that, I think. I absolutely would pay for that. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah. When my son started kindergarten, I even joked that I needed a kindergarten doula for the first day because I was an emotional wreck. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. You heard it here first, folks. We are going to start the trend for a motherhood doula. Trademark. Trademark. Hashtag motherhood doula. (laughs) What really got you interested in this role? Did you have a doula whenever you were birthing your kiddos? I did. I had a doula for my second birth and not for the first one. And so being able to look back at the first birth 
in light of the second one and having that other support person really made me realize how important that role is of a doula. And I wanted to expand the accessibility of doulas. There are a lot of doulas in DFW, but there are way more birthing people in DFW than there are doulas, so we can never have enough. So being able to look back at his birth and remember the exact points that I needed a doula to just appear like a genie and tell me new positions to try, remind me that I was almost there because I, I really wanted a natural labor and I made it to eight centimeters and I was done because I was out of ideas. I didn't know what else to do. I had horrible back labor. I didn't know what where to sit. Sitting felt horrible. So I essentially stood for 12 and a half hours. Oh gosh. And that's just not sustainable in any situation. So I remember looking back at those points and realizing when I needed to have a doula with him and then being able to look at hers and see how helpful it was to have that doula to not take over the role of my husband, but to support him in supporting me um, and to give us ideas when we were running out of ideas. That really excited me to get into this business in supporting people in their birth space. My understanding of a doula has always been that it's only for women who want to have a completely natural birth, the women that maybe want to birth at home or in a tub, and that was never me. So for somebody like me, can you just explain, is there a use for a doula? Absolutely. And I think that you're 100% not the only person who thinks those things. I get that question a lot. Well, what if I get an epidural? Do you just go home after that point? (laughs) No, I do not go home because you, for one, have paid me money to be there. And I personally don't have, in my business, I don't have any stipulations for how or when I give support. It's when you need it, how you need it, however that looks for you. So we are very much still valuable after you get an epidural. We're very much still valuable in the OR if you need to have a C-section. It doesn't stop with just natural delivery or just vaginal delivery. So we just kind of shift how we support. It never looks the same way for anyone, no matter what that looks like. All vaginal births look differently in my support. All cesarean births look differently in my support because it's based off of what you need in that specific moment. Do you ever, as a doula, step in and advocate for your mom that you're helping, maybe with uh, medical staff? That's another really good question and a very big misconception with doulas. And maybe even throughout the doula community, it's a misconception. I don't ever advocate for my clients because that's another way to take away her voice in the process. And my goal is to give that power to the birthing family, not to take it from them. So no, I don't speak up on their behalf to the staff, but the way I work around that is asking them, asking the family, do you have any questions about XYZ that your provider is suggesting? And if they can't come up with questions, I help them come up with questions. Their questions or their decisions come from the client's mouth to the provider's ears. I'm never that mouthpiece. Without giving away anyone's secrets, what something that was most surprising to you? I hold a lot of legs. <laughs> uh, I hold a lot of legs. And even one time, the woman's labor was going so fast that to get in her position to birth, she just kind of like, she barely made it onto the bed. So I essentially was standing next to the bed, leaning my body against her to hold her onto the bed right. while holding a leg. 
So maybe the most surprising thing is how physically involved it is that I will leave sometimes and feel like I've just bench pressed like a 130 pounds. So I think that was probably the most surprising thing was just how physically involved and exhausting it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely my my most favorite memory of my involvement in the actual pushing stage. Because usually I kind of step back at that point. You know, I will hold a leg or whatever, but usually the staff really steps in then. And so I kind of am just there when there's need for guidance, but I'm a lot less hands-on at that point, unless it's a case like that where she couldn't quite get all the way on the bed before she had to push, and then I'm I am the handrail, the human handrail. So you're you're holding more legs than hands as a doula. At the pushing stage, I barely hold hands. It's pretty much a foot or a thigh or a knee. Yeah. This is a really really intimate place that you're being, and not not just physically, but to be in the room with a family as their baby is being born. How do you build that relationship with that family if there's someone that? just found you online or how do you do that it's a whole lot of trust it's trust for me also because i don't know them either so i always do a consultation with every client i've never worked with the client unless it was a friend of mine i've never worked with a client that i didn't meet with for a free consultation ahead of time just to know who they are so they know who i am No one's being scammed here. We're all comfortable. But it takes a lot of trust for them, too, because especially in the beginning when there wasn't so much word of mouth, it was very much I have no physical evidence to show you that I am actually going to give you what I'm promising you. Please just trust me. So there is a lot of trust there, and I appreciate their trust so much. And I haven't gotten numb to that trust. It really still means a whole lot to me. Because, yes, it is very emotionally intimate. It's very physically intimate. I am seeing parts of women that they sometimes have never even seen. So it does require a lot of trust on their behalf. And how we build that trust, I am a pretty open book in general. I don't get into specifics normally about my own birthing experiences because that doesn't matter in this situation. Um, But I am a very realistic person. And so my goal is to feel like your best friend who knows some stuff, who knows a lot of stuff, hopefully. But I want it to feel like you can poop in front of me and you know I won't judge you or laugh at you or tell anybody about it or even tell you about it. I need my clients to know that. And so I try to do my best to communicate that. In our prenatal meetings, we usually do one to two before they're in labor so they can get to know me, so I can get to know them, so that I can better support them and and so that they can better relax in the situation in their birth. You mentioned that you kind of step back right before the actual birth happens. What kind of services do you offer kind of like postpartum or even like in the labor and delivery room or in the home once the baby is born? Are your services over at that point? There are postpartum doulas who come in after baby is born, after you've gotten home. They come in and help with the baby. They help with chores around the house. Um, you know, and that could look differently. It could be cooking or laundry or grocery shopping even. I am not a postpartum doula. I am a labor doula. And that is because I have my own children. So when I'm not on call or out of birth, I want to be home with them. And also, I don't personally know how to balance the two. I know there are postpartum doulas who are also labor doulas and they do it wonderfully. And I say good for them, not for me. My role after the 
baby is born and the postpartum time is a little different. It's a lot more hands-off. I do check in uh, via text or phone call the next day after delivery, a few days after that, and a few days after that. And then we meet again between three and six weeks, depending on what the mother's schedule looks like. And I come to their house. I ooh and ah at the baby. A lot of times even rock baby to sleep and enjoy some snuggles at that point. Go over the birth, what the timeline looked like, different things that they may have said that were cute or funny or really sweet. And then ask them if they have any new questions, you know, how, if they're breastfeeding, ask how breastfeeding is going, how they're taking care of themselves. And at that time, I am assessing Do I feel like there are any red flags going on for postpartum depression or anxiety or any of those things? And if I do feel like something like that might be happening, I give them resources for counselors, you know, give them questions for them to ask their midwives if they uh, if they're not so totally sure what's going on with their mental state. But that's usually where I leave them. You know, I always tell my clients, I am your doula always, even after you have your baby, if you need someone to call and ask a question if you need new resources, I'm always available for that. But my hands-on care does usually end after that postpartum meeting until they get pregnant again, hopefully, and hire me again. So that is usually my role. But there are postpartum doulas out there. uh, And they're really kind of in an uptick right now where more people are aware of them, more people are hiring postpartum doulas. And I wish that I had one still. Four years postpartum. Hashtag motherhood doula, right? That's what we want. Perfect. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of Mom Fashions is brought to you by Stork Stories, a collection of birth stories, tips, and advice available through Fort Worth Moms. This is Mom Fashions, and we're here with Kate Wiggins. She is the owner of First Spring Doula. Kate, when should a mom start looking for a doula? Honestly, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, it's a good time to start the base research, finding out who is even a doula, what the price range typically is so that you can plan for that ahead of time. Most doulas will do payment plans, so it's good to start that as soon as you can so that you're not at crunch time doling out all of this money. Um, So as soon as you get that positive pregnancy test, just start Googling doulas in your area to get a general idea. Start contacting maybe by the second trimester because you never know. It might take you a while to find the right person. Like I said earlier, there are a lot of doulas in our area specifically, but even nationwide. And so you need to have an idea of who you're interested in. It very much is like dating, kind of getting your feelers out there to see who you're interested in, what personalities you're drawn to, and then start meeting with them in the second trimester. But there really is no hard and fast rule for that. I've been hired at 38 weeks. I've been hired at eight weeks. Usually the eight-weekers are my repeat clients who just really want to have me locked down. I don't get a whole lot of first-time moms contacting me that early, but I accept that at any point that they're ready for that. And I always tell people if they hire me early and there's you know a tragedy like a demise or something, I would refund that. If I haven't met with them ahead of time, done any work with them, not going to keep your money. That's a very emotional time. And so my clients don't ever have to worry about that with me. And so waiting until 20 weeks is normal, waiting until 25. It's really whatever you're comfortable with. If you could tell a mom three or four things that she really needs to consider when she's making that doula choice, what would those tips be? 
It really depends on the person and what they prioritize. Some people really want to know my experience as a doula, how many births have I been to, what variations have I seen in the delivery room. Then there are some people who don't ask me a single question about what I've done, how long I've been doing it, who I trained with. They don't care. They want to know how are we going to gel in the labor room? How am I going to support their partner? How am I going to support them? What is my personality like? And there are a few people who really are concerned with the financial aspect of it. So it really depends on the person, but probably consider what's important to you. Is it more of a personality? Is it more of an experience? Um, There are some women who prefer older doulas because they really want that motherly, mothering the mother experience. So it's just what's important to you, but definitely consider your finances. Definitely consider the personality, I think, because they're going to be in a very intimate space. So you do want to feel safe with them. You do want to feel comfortable with them. But yeah, just deciding what's important to you. How do you get your family members to kind of embrace the doula with you? Whether that be kind of talking your partner or your spouse into this role, or I'm just going to say it real frankly, the grandmothers. Sometimes it's been hard for my friends to get the grandmothers on board with the doula. Oftentimes with the grandparents, it's a concern based off of a, a lack of knowledge on what a doula actually is because they hear doula and they think midwife. So they're concerned with my experience. Who are you bringing into this room with you? Who is going to be making these decisions for you? And so to that, I say, I'm not making your decisions. I'm not the medical professional. I am supporting you and I'm supporting your provider and I'm supporting your spouse and your partner. Um, in that process. Once they kind of know that I'm not the medical professional, they usually relax because there's a lot less riding on my role, which is part of why this is the role I chose and not the midwife. Um, And then for the partner or the spouse, it's usually the concern of, is this person going to take over my role? And I'm going to be sitting in the corner while my wife bonds with this person who isn't me in this process and this birth that we created. And to that I say, that's never my goal. My goal is to elevate the role of the partner or the spouse to give them the tools that they need to support their their person. So usually once they've heard those things and they know, when I first walk into a birth room, I don't do anything. I just observe what's working, what's not working, and then fill in whatever gaps there are. Because after you deliver and after we have our postpartum visit, I'm pretty much not in your life anymore unless you initiate that. Your partner, your spouse, your mother, your father, those people are going to be with you for the rest of your life. And so I want you to look back at your birth 20, 30 years down the road and see how important of a role that person had in your process, not how important I was. I would love for you to remember me (laughs) in 50 years, but it's more important for me that you see the connections that you made with your partner and your spouse in that process, not the connection you made with me. Kate, thank you so much for meeting with us today. If one of our listeners wants to find out more about First Spring Doula, where can they get that information? My website is firstspringdoula.com and I'm on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at firstspringdoula. Thank you, Kate, a thousand times for joining us and answering all of our very curious questions about the role of the doula. Um, We have enjoyed chatting with you and we hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. 
As always, visit fortworth.citymomsblog.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And just one more time, in case you didn't hear, it's fortworth.citymomsblog.com. Fort Worth Mom's Blog.